Good evening, everybody. I was going to tell everybody to get involved, but I don't think I need to. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Guns on Pegs podcast. My name is George Brown, his name is Chris Horn, and this is the Guns on Pegs podcast live. <laughs> 50 not out, yeah. That's your favourite saying that. It's quite unexpected if i'm honest with you have you worn your special socks today because i have (laughs) who are your socks made by i found some shirtful socks shirtful socks (laughs) i've got shirtful spotty socks on what have you got minor stripey shirt are they shirt they're shirt they're shirtful (laughs) they are (laughs) (laughs) oh shirtful So we would normally do a little bit of chit-chat here about what we've been doing recently. But I think for this 50th episode, I think we just need to reflect a little bit on how we got here. Yeah. So it was your idea, sort of. Well, yeah. So my memory is that basically my first week at Guns on Pegs, you said to me, what do you think about doing a podcast? And then it never happened. Well, yeah, <laughs> I went, yeah, great idea. I've always wanted to make a podcast. And yeah, nothing happened. Until lockdown. Correct. When we were in our worst mood ever and George was like, should we have fun and do a podcast? It's like, there's nothing fun about the <laughs> where we're at right now. And you took a bit of persuasion. You did take a bit of persuasion. Because your, your initial idea is that we'd always do it in the pub. Always wanted to do a podcast in the pub. Actually, this is my like dream scenario, just sitting here with a beer. <laughs> this is what the podcast was supposed to be. And Chris did take some persuasion, and we decided that we would, I think my exact words were, we'll record it, and if it's shit, we won't put it out. <laughs> <laughs> so we put it out anyway. <laughs> But I knew that we were going to put it out halfway through the first episode that we were recording because I could tell that you were having fun and I knew that at that point that we were going to do at least one more episode. But I think it's fair to say that neither of us really expected for it to end up like this. I don't think we expected to ever do more than one episode. <laughs> but so to be doing 50 is pretty cool. Yeah, we, we, we were having fun having a drink, weren't we? And, and, and when you do that, you just sort of get taken up in the moment and it carries on and we thought should we just have another drink and chat again and and then get some more people on have fun and it's ridiculous and it was lockdown and i had three month old kids and the idea of having another drink sounded <laughs> really enticing sad times though in a way looking back like you've reminded me to that moment when you know first lockdown and we were sitting there talking to people on zoom we hadn't spoken to in a while and it was oh it was it was weird thinking back really weird it was very peculiar and um I, i'm pretty sure in that first episode we asked Digby for his analysis of the... Dig- Digby's famous COVID analysis. He suggested that COVID would all be over by Christmas. And <laughs> but I think, you know, we're here. We've done 50 episodes. And I think it's fair to say that, certainly for me, it's pretty amazing to be sitting here. And genuinely, it's a bit soppy and sad. But we wouldn't be doing it still if it were not for some of the people in this room who have supported the podcast so much since day one 
don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's all about the correspondence, isn't it? Like that when we get these funny messages through and, and George will get them and forward one to me late at night and we'll just be wetting ourselves being like, how is this like something we've got to do tomorrow? It's like work. <laughs> Genuinely, sometimes I have to pinch myself and think I'm being paid money by, hi- by him. <laughs> he pays me money to drink whiskey <laughs> and every now and again take the piss out of him. Um, <laughs> That is my job. I could put that on LinkedIn and it would be true. Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. But there's a, there's a few of you here tonight who we've got some big thanks for because the correspondence is everything. And actually, this evening's pod is, is all about correspondence. We've not got a guest with us. It's all about the correspondence because it's that bit that makes this so good. And so much, so so enjoyable for us, actually. You're absolutely right. And it actually, it's, it sounds a bit cheesy to say, but it actually is all about the community that appears to have been created by the podcast that I don't think we ever really expected for that to be what the result would be. But we'll talk about it a bit later on. But it is an amazing thing for me this night. And it's very, very special. <laughs> At that point, George's favourite segment of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We do have a little guest here because we're at Clay's Bar in London. You've heard us talk about it on the pod. We've not had enough competition yet on the simulator. Well, I've shot and I missed a lot. Yeah. But that's par for the course. It's tough. We'll we'll find out later. But but uh, but but Tom, who runs Clay's Bar essentially, is here to join us. A massive warm uh, hand for for welcoming us all here this evening. Thank you very much, Tom. Come and join us. <laughs> this is a slightly weird section of the podcast because normally we say what we're drinking, but actually now we need. Tom to tell us what it what we are drinking. So, Tom, thank you very much for having us here at Clay's. So, so we've been given some drinks. Tell us what we've got. So you have something called Jack's Apple Orchard. It's a clarified cocktail. So we kind of make it in advance. It tastes like a toffee apple. And then we put plant milk in. It curdles. 24 hours later, it creates quite a clear liquid that hopefully you'll enjoy the taste. Has he got a vegan drink? He's got a vegan drink. <laughs> did, did you want like a sort of pork scratching um, liqueur? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about this. So give it a try. <laughs> that's, um, that's really weird. It tastes like sort of, yeah, it is toffee apple, but all sorts of other stuff going on. Yeah, we've had ladies here who quite enjoy sweeter drinks, that's so we've made this quite softer. <laughs> <laughs> this goes out under explicit, doesn't it? It does. Fuck you. Yes. <laughs> so let's jump on to Saxons. Your drink is a Slogasm, which I think is a, a fan favourite. It, correct. It's a, I mean, it's a, a staple of the shooting field, isn't it? But I think yours is a bit different. It is. So our chairman created the original uh, Slogasm with his, um, I think it's a six-litre slow gin hip flask and uh, the, whatever the one above a Jeroboam of champagne is. That's how he likes to f- serve in the field. What's above a Jer- Jeroboam of champagne, George? Um, too much champagne. <laughs> <laughs> is it a Nebuchadnezzar? Methuselah. Methuselah. So we changed it slightly. Uh, We use a a kind of sweet white wine. We put some softer things in there and uh, we basically carbonate it ourselves. So um, it's a a softer drink, but with all the original parts, really. I mean, I'm a big fan of anything with slow gin in it, really. Are you a big fan of a um, slogasm? I think we might come on to that later. (laughs) (laughs) I had a scan through the correspondence we've got and we're definitely coming on to that in a bit. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, thank you ever so much. Um, thank you for our drink. I actually really like this one. It's very nice. Oh. What's Tom drinking? Oh, yeah, Tom, what are you drinking? It's got a chili on it. 
This is called a Spicy 50. It's one of our... Um, so our GM, his dad, is the world's most famous bartender and created this drink. The world's most famous bartender. How did you become the world's most famous bartender? Uh, seven books that have sold a few hundred thousand copies each. Um, set up, has created quite a few drinks. I think this something like... He did a podcast in the Ukraine where about 15 people were invited and 1,800 turned up to watch him <laughs> make a cocktail. And there's about that many here. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it's 18 people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does sound legit. That does sound like the most famous bartender in the world. I think so. So it's like a vanilla vodka with honey and a lot of spice. And this one's particularly spicy. I think friends stitched me up slightly. Are you going to eat that chili in a second? Hanging off the side of it? <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. Oh, no. It's, these, these are lovely. Thank you. We've done 50 full episodes as of now. So we've had a, a lot to drink over that time. You've had a fair bit more than I have. I couldn't possibly comment, but um, <laughs> we've had some good drinks and we've had some less good drinks. Can you, what, what would you say was your least good drink in the last three years well, or whatever it was? In, in your words, I've had a lot of supermarket lagers. I like a supermarket lager, but one of the ones that you don't really find in the supermarket very much because it's really bad was my lowest point, I think. The story was that when I was stalking up in Scotland, I got into the larder at the end of the day and we had a tenant super strong, which is seen on like park benches in and around London regularly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for those of you that can, you know, relive the situation of shooting, you know, and maybe you've been on a long stalk and you've got that uh, beast that you're after, you're back in the larder, you're dressing it. And you have that beer. To be honest, you could drink anything at that point. I found at that point that a Super Strong was actually all right. Until I brought it onto the pod, reminding myself that I'd had it at that point, And it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that honestly was the low point. Okay, high point? Do you know, my favorite drink, looking back, was actually Tim Maddams's Elderberry Porth. Okay, yeah. I think he's onto something there. He made this thing which is this sort of port, but not. And it's mega. And actually looking back, I remember drinking it thinking, I could sit here all evening, just, just keep chatting. It's one of those it, drinks. It's very nice stuff. I, I approve. You? What, a high point or low point? Start with a low. Okay, I think I've probably got two. The first is the Slivovitz that I had in series one, which it will always, always be a low point whenever I drink it. <laughs> And apologies again to my Slovakian family, but it is shit, genuinely awful stuff. <laughs> and then the other one would be, and I, get, I think it must have been series one or two, we were recording on my birthday. And I thought it would be a good idea to have some champagne to celebrate my birthday. It's very on you, that. And this was when we were seriously unprofessional. I was recording literally on my bed to... <laughs> get the best acoustics because I started getting anal about sound quality. So I was sitting on my bed and I opened, the, I wanted to get the sound effect of opening the bottle of champagne. So I opened it and the champagne hit the ceiling and basically the entire bed was covered with champagne. And I think I ended up with about a quarter of a glass to drink throughout the podcast and then had to explain to my wife exactly why the entire bedroom was covered in champagne. Um, so that was probably the lowest point, the most disappointing moment. <laughs> and it sounds like an excuse, doesn't it? For many people, that would be a real high point of life, I think. Just sitting in bed, what, spraying a bottle of champagne on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of your lowest points. High, high point? I mean, 
I've it's it's become quickly apparent that I'm not really that interested in drinking anything other than whiskey, and I've had a lot of really nice whiskeys over the, over time. I think one of the things that we need to just slightly reflect on is that we have got a bit more professional as things go on. We've got fancier kit. And the other thing is, is I actually get a bit less pissed than I used to. There were genuinely <laughs> several podcasts in the early days where I'd have drunk, you know, the, the most of a bottle of whiskey by the end of it. I, we, we've all been there. The dark moments of lockdown. How often we, did we sit down in the evening and then just, just carry on? And that's exactly what happened to you. Well, what would happen? <laughs> and it is exactly. But what would happen is what would happen is we'd finish recording, and then I think, well, I might as well edit it now. <laughs> and I've got this bottle here, and then at you know midnight, I'd fall over. <laughs> I found myself in this strange moment recently with a with a young daughter that uh, I'm just not quite hitting it as hard as you do. I mean, it's a matter of time. Is she is she walking yet? Soon, in which case, is that the point that you drink more? I mean, that's certainly <laughs> one one of the points. <laughs> it's when they start talking that you've got a real problem. <laughs> Wait till you enter the why phase. That's when it starts. Yes. So we've got Tom here with that chili that you're going to eat in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Tom, a very quick one on Clay's bar because this is one of these new concepts where we've got these sort of sports bars popping up in town where, you, I mean, we've, we've had the, the, the ping pong and the darts and whatever else. And, and I, I was so excited to see shooting because obviously for all of us lot, like the moment someone talks about shooting, we're like, oh yeah, that, that, that's us, that's us. <laughs> How has it been? And, and when, didn't, did you open a year ago? A year to the day. Happy birthday, us. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Happy birthday. So how's it been? Yeah, very good. Um, good enough that we're opening our second one in a, about a month's time in Canary Wharf. So, um, yeah, onwards and upwards. And, and what I really want to know is, so George and I are really crap at this. Uh, is that fair? I mean, yeah, 100%. Very bad. I've not got up to speed yet, this sort of uh, shooting on the screen type stuff. But, but how like real life is it? You've answered your own question. <laughs> so the technology's sub-millimeters, so it should be pretty close. I guess our best example actually is our bartender over there, um, who has never held a gun before in his life, um, has played here an awful lot, like probably shot thousands and thousands of hours and a lot more trigger pulls than probably the two of you in your long-term handsome Fran over in the corner. Um, and Fran uh, won an internal competition, we built a new game, he got the top score um, above everyone unfortunately, including myself. And I built the game, so I should be better. Okay. Um, and he, uh, he went out to the Royal Berkshire shooting school. Okay, well, yeah, one we know very well, yeah. 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 On a, a big day, as in there was um, about 100 people or so, um, all with their own Range Rovers and their own kind of gun cases in the back and such. And Fran came second, and he's never held a shotgun before in his life, other than our fake one. So. <laughs> <laughs> not for me uh, that's unbelievable so so he's never held, Fran you've never held a shotgun before never felt the recoil of a gun in the live experience you turned up at a simulated day and you came second out of well I'm assuming north of 100 people it was like 75 people so, so stop so, exaggerating okay fine Th this is so ridiculous. we shot we shot a clay day at Royal Bark shooting school yeah we didn't do not well. too long ago and we definitely didn't come second but this is unbelievable because that 
actually dispels this myth that you've got to have been shooting a long time to be actually quite good at it. Instantly, right? Potentially. Fran has played a lot. You and I should just come to Clay's a lot more often. Yeah, well, well, we've, we've <laughs> definitely got to do that. Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> but, but there's something really interesting in that, in that, like, I can only imagine that if you just lined up people that thought they might be good at handling a gun and you brought them through here, you'd find out. I mean, we'd have the best Olympic team in seconds, right? Fran's from Croatia, unfortunately. So we're helping Croatian. Fran, the, are you uh, going to switch? Nationality, that is. <laughs> How much money we got? <laughs> <laughs> he wants money. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, it's so good of you to have us here. Uh, thank you very much. And um, are you going to eat that chili? <laughs> no, you're, you won't be able to speak. <laughs> thank you very Huge much. Huge thank you to Tom. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Everyone at Clay's. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on in a minute. But... Um, so as many of you will know, I recently came back from a trip to the Isle of Muck with one of our listeners, um, and I genuinely didn't think when we started recording a podcast it was going to result in shooting invitations. I mean, it was the most expensive four days of my entire life, but, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> but it was a hell of a lot of fun. But just before I was leaving, um, Blair, who had very kindly invited me, ran up and said, um, here is a thing for you. And what we've got here is a box. A box. And it says, do not open until recording the 50 Not Out podcast, What's That You're Drinking, by order of the garter. A generalist order of the garter. And it says, noble order of the garters, founding member George Brown. But I would like you to open the box. Goodness, this is responsibility I don't like. Uh, so, so Blair gave you this, and this is on behalf of Blair and... I have no idea. Blair. This is on behalf of all the members of the Order of the Guards, basically saying thank you very much, guys, for everything you do. Oh, oh well. <laughs> You're so kind. Thank you. So, uh, Glendronach Highland Single Malt Scotch. George, tell me about this. I can't, I, I can't tell you about it because I don't know what it is. This is this is so kind of you. Thank you very very much. Honestly, this is oh, how, how sweet of you. Honestly, come on, let's have a look. Okay, right. So we have a richly sherried Highland single malt whisk, Scotch whiskey. I mean, that's all you really need to know. Uh, do you want the tasting notes? G give us the tasting notes. And while we're doing the tasting notes, uh, someone at the bar, can we grab a couple of glasses and <laughs> and a small jug of water, please? I like two blocks of ice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before you get too carried away, Chris, my good friend here, he's got one for you. Oh, wait, Blue hang on. Neck. This was unexpected. Wowzers. Equally, thank you, both of you, for what you've done. Oh, crikey, those are very big glasses. <laughs> <laughs> We've been given a couple of pint glasses. Okay, so I, I've just been looking at the tasting notes. Um, it just says, I'm going to just read this bit of the tasting notes to you. It says, richly spiced fruitcake. This, this sounds good. So, uh, and I've just been given here a bottle of Whitley Neal London Dry Gin that says with a label on it, what's that you're drinking? Oh. Hey. Hey. <laughs> it's fairly obvious now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, honestly, guys, thank you so much. Uh, you're, you guys are the chaps that have made this, the, the original oh. members. Of oh, the... shit. Hang on. I've just tried. <laughs> I've just tried to throw the, the tube that the bottle came in and it's got a letter. Okay, go for it, George. Hand, handwritten. It says, Dear George, Chris, and the team of Guns on Pegs. 
Huge thanks to all that you do behind the scenes for Country Sports. The podcast is fantastic, and I can't read that bit. (laughs) And parts were off the chart, so it's our turn to thank you as members of the most noble order of the garters. Cheers, best of health, keep up the good work from Jake, Blair, Sheldon. Also says, P.S., sorry about the spelling. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Thank you, boys. (laughs) <laughs> and we, we've said it already, but genuinely, without you guys, without the people who write into the podcast who take part, it wouldn't be what it is. So we just sit here and we read out what you send us. That's what we do. We should remember, we should remember four or five years ago in lockdown how important it was when shooting wasn't there, when, when, when we listened to the 20-minute podcast about geese. Off your your, your balcony. It was a lot. It was a lot. And you realize now, two years later, there's a kind of community here that we we absolutely love. But it's a long, you know, there's a small group here that have been here throughout that. And I'd say the same to Blair and Jake. Really good fun. And I would thank thank all of you and you guys for kind of running that. Absolutely. Really, really good fun. Oh, this is ridiculous. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is so, so kind of you. Right. Have, well, have, have we done with all uh, the... I'm overloaded with drinks, George. This is amazing. <laughs> What's that you're not drinking? <laughs> but are, are we done with all the soppy shit now? Yeah, we, should, we, should we move on? I think, I think we probably should. Um, so, as everybody will know, the first proper listener correspondence section of every podcast is called Whose Bird Is Anyway? And it's where we ask our uh, excellent audience to send in their shooting dilemmas, their quandaries and their queries, and we do our level best to help um i don't think we ever actually have but we'll see what we can do um for this special live episode we have a whose bird is it anyway submission from somebody i've decided to call rishi (laughs) i love his naming (laughs) rishi writes i'm in a small diy syndicate in wiltshire that has been running on and off for decades with many of the prized places handed down to the family or close friends of those who are already involved when a place comes up. This is a small, friendly shoot which my brother does a massive amount of work on and everyone ought to pitch in regularly to make it work. One such space has come up this year and my nephew, who is also my godson, would love to take it on. I should say that this is only, only the second place to have come up in about five years. My nephew is well known and well ni- well liked on the shoot, having grown up beating for it, but now lives in Cornwall and has a young family there. And so quite understandably, can't be at the shoot at the drop of the hat to help out with tasks. There's also another new potential member of of the syndicate, a member of the local farming community and who who already not only shares the duty of driving the beaters trailer on shoot days, but also has already been involved in many working parties as he works for one of our farmer syndicate members. Before I get to the question, just a little more background, the last gun that was available actually went to a great friend of mine who lives in London, and as it happens, is an existing member of the Order of the Garters. (laughs) (laughs) He's popular on the shoot, but he may at times be what one of your contributors recently called a G-spot 
rarely found. <laughs> as that is the background, here's my question. Should I have tried to push my nephew as a new member of the syndicate or have supported the proposal for the local man? Or even maybe have tried to push for two half guns. So, so he can't decide between the local chap, his nephew, he who he clearly wants in the syndicate. Uh, wh- why is he standing on the fence? I think because he wants to push his nephew, but secretly thinks his nephew shouldn't be admitted to the syndicate. Why do you think he might think that? Because he can't contribute. Yeah. Okay. 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 Look. We- We've got some people here. Should we ask? I mean, nobody cares what we think. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, think you, I think you need to pose some questions because this, this is a tricky one because this is almost, you're, you're bringing a family dilemma into the syndicate and the local community, which let's be honest, they all fall out anyway. But you need the local farmers on side. So you need the local farmers on side. You want your nephew in the syndicate. You want to have a laugh, but you, at the end of the day, as many guests on the podcast have told us, all syndicates always end up falling out. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to be the person who causes that to happen? So, okay, right, come on. Hands up. Who's got a view? No, Sheldon, you're not allowed. <laughs> Sheldon's just been on here. He's had a few drinks already. Uh, Sheldon, if, if it was your nephew versus the local farmer, you're not going to hold back right now, are you? I'd I, I say that the nephew should be the person on the shoot, 100%. It's a family member, family shoot. It should be the nephew. Strong, strong opinions. Has anybody got a, a contrasting opinion? You, you're, you're not wanting to give this opinion up, are you? No, because you're going to ask me a question later, aren't you? Am I? Yes. <laughs> go, Chris. <laughs> find somebody else. Chris, go to someone else. <laughs> go right, to someone else. Right. Come on. Uh, actually, to be, to be honest, what I actually want to know before... So I said Sheldon, but I actually want to know also your name and, and what gun you shoot. <laughs> Blair Balmont and I shoot a Beretta. What sort of Beretta? DT-11. It's like a clay gun, isn't it? <laughs> it's a big boy gun, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so we can see your role in the syndicate, can't we? <laughs> well, indeed, yeah, I'm normally running it. <laughs> Right, so what are you doing? Are you inviting your nephew on? Are you keeping the farmer happy? Are you, are you looking after the locals? What are you doing? Well, if it was on my shoot, I would be certainly keeping the farmer happy, but I would probably be kicking the nephew in the arse and getting him going on the syndicate because if he wants to be involved in it, he needs to pull his weight. Wake up call for the nephew. Do we know the nephew's name? Ben. Oh, oh Ben. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Is there something I don't know? There is. <laughs> There is something you don't know, and that is... Okay, come on, right, okay. So we, what we've done is we've given Rishi a false name, but Rishi is here in the room. Rishi, make yourself known, please. Hello. <laughs> Rishi, what's your name and what gun do you shoot? <laughs> uh, Beretta uh, from... The, actually, it was, it's one of the BASC specials, you know, the, the centenary guns. Cost-cutting like Rishi. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> but so I, I, I know what happened. Do you want to tell us? Uh, yeah, okay. So first thing I did, I didn't tell him. Seemed like the right thing to do, really, at the time. Next thing I did is I quietly voted for the other chap, for the local farmer. Uh, and then I took him to Scotland to get his first red stag on a stalking trip in October. Your nephew, that is, not the farmer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my nephew and, by the way, my godson. Ah, oh, I see. 
Okay, this is actually quite a nice outcome then. So, so when when will he join the syndicate? Uh, I'm not sure when he'll talk to me again. He's quite an avid listener to this uh, podcast, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> What's his name? Um, ben. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rishi. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sorry about that, Rishi. <laughs> so I, I walked straight into someone I didn't realise was involved in the correspondence. I think I think we should probably move swiftly on. <laughs> <didn't you? laughs> I like the fact that I like the fact he took him stalking. Yes, I think I think, I think that's you know, the least you could have done. So well done. I mean, really, you should be buying him shooting. Well, look, thank you very much for sending that in. And and actually, hold on one second. Uh, you, have, are you already a member of the Most Noble Order of the Garters? <laughs> My goodness, up you come. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that it'll kick you in the dick it, it, he's down on one knee is it this side then this side and then, then <laughs> over you go <laughs> we've ordained a member of the most noble order of the gods we have <laughs> right okay I think we need to do an unpopular opinion we do uh, so so uh, as you would have heard on, on, on last pods, George uh, put a call out from Popular Opinions. And I must thank those people for sending, for sending these unpopular opinions in. Um, we've, had, we've had some good ones. So, uh, unpopular opinion number one. This one comes from someone we shall call Boris. Is anyone spotting a theme? I don't, as, as, as avid listeners to the pod know, I don't get to name our listeners. And uh, George has gone for Rishi and Boris as our first two. Fine. Uh, so he says, my unpopular opinion is that there is no excuse for using an over and under on a game day. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this folk's having a laugh. Uh, it's, it's one step removed from using a semi-auto and it's the mark... <laughs> It's the mark of a bounder and a cat. <laughs> Over and unders should be banned from the shooting field forthwith and don't get me started on extended chokes. Wowzers. <laughs> someone, someone knew we were doing a live pod and thought, I'll send in something that they... <laughs> I think there might be some shit stirring going on. But, <laughs> but not, not wrong, is he? <laughs> so, so, George, uh, I... I think I know your opinion on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm not ever, ever buying an over and under. I'm going to be you're, using a side by side for the rest of my life until never... my dying day. And if any child of mine ever uses an over and under, they'll be immediately disowned. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that there's one or two people who do use. Well, an more over like eighty like percent of those that shoot. Like. Well, yeah. <laughs> so has any, does anybody want to? To defend the over and under, I'm looking at you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to defend it? George, no. Over <laughs> and under, it's just easier. Do you want to be that chap that stood with Chris and he gave him the wrong cartridges and blew his gun up under some geese way back when? And yeah, Style over skill? You do look good with a with a side by side. I must admit. This is the problem, isn't it? It's not. It's not about shooting accurately. It's about how you look. If you're gonna miss, you might as well look good while you're doing it. What's your name and what gun do you use? Uh, Pip and I shoot a side by side 
uh, 12 AYA. The correct gun. <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion on this? I obviously favour the side by side. There's, there's no doubt. It's traditional. It's what everything was grown up with. You still wear like plus fours and things when you go out. So why not stick with tradition? So I know you because um, <laughs> you were the best man at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a Ritzini that we used to use as an oar. <laughs> yeah, and that's an over and under. That's why I use it as an oar. <laughs> it's not a good gun. It, it shoots fairly well. Still? Not anymore, no. <laughs> C- can we speak to the former chairman of Purdy? <laughs> <laughs> the former chairman of Purdy is outspoken at the best of times. What does the former chairman of Purdy think about this? What, what's your name and what guns do you use? I'm your father. <laughs> That's my name. I've, I've never met him until tonight. That's amazing. <laughs> and it's very simple. You know, you use an over and under, you get 10% less invitations. <laughs> but you do shoot 10% more birds. It's very simple. But the invitations are far more important than the birds that you shoot, as we well know. And the other thing is... If the good Lord had intended you to shoot with an over and under, he put your eyes like that, which is vertical. But we're blessed with eyes like that. So an over, uh, an over and under is definitely not designed for us. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay. I look, secretly look, love his look, opinion. This is a debate that can only be decided by a public vote. We've had no one stick up for the over and under. I don't know how this has happened. Would anybody else like to? Oh, hello. Hold on, we got, what's your name and what gun do you shoot? Hi Chris, I'm Tom uh, Beretta S3. Could I ask the Honourable James Bourne what he was shooting yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, how did you, you were shooting yesterday? How did you know that Tom? Uh, It was pouring with rain and just like Pip said, it's such a, I have such a bad over and under, it was called the Essex and I bought it specifically so I could wreck it and I did. (laughs) So it was raining yesterday, so you took the over and under. Fine. Oh, my God. It's a biased pod we've got here, George. Okay, so, okay, right. I think I do think we need a vote. So if you think that the way to go is a side-by-side, make some noise. Some of the room. Some of the room. Okay, if you think an over and under is the way to go, make some noise. It's hugely disappointing, and you're all banned. (laughs) (laughs) We chose the wrong uh, correspondence for that one, didn't we? Right, we've got another one. And this one comes from somebody we've decided to call Rupert. I have an unpopular opinion that I would like to get your thoughts on, and it is this. The trend for guns to wear matching tweed breeks, shooting vest, jacket, and cap is dreadful. I don't mean because it makes you look like a gamekeeper. That would be desirable but because it makes you look like a picnic. <laughs> does, does anyone in the room want to open up that they wear shooting cap, jacket, breeks, matching? No one has come forward. So this is a popular opinion already. Does, does anyone have any sort of matching tweed going on anywhere out of all the people we have here this evening? Yes, we've got one. What's, what's your name and what gun do you have? I'm Carrie Balmont, and I shoot a silver pigeon. Okay, and, and you're a fan of the matching tweed? I don't have the matching cap. That's 
that is a bridge too far, but I do have the matching breeks and waistcoat. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't, you don't have to apologize. For years of my life, I also had the same thing. Actually, I had the cap as well. Um, uh, and is it quite a loud set or is it sort of, you know, do you try and blend in a little bit? You're not like one of our previous guests, Edward King, who looks like Rupert the Bear. No, no, it, it, it's not too loud, but I do like to put a splash of loud somewhere. I bring Blair for the splash of loud. Your husband is just loud, so you bring him with you. Okay, fine. <laughs> Chris, there's somebody over here as well who's matching tweed. You're, you're a matching tweed fan. Go and tell us about it. What's your name and what gun do you shoot? My name's Sam. I shoot with uh, Holland's Holland Royal. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> George, do you want to guess? Um, what, what, what's the name of your father's castle? <laughs> Uh, my father describes the castle as a small, large house. <laughs> uh, here we go. So, ironically, based on that previous comment, having recently left university, I can't afford my own shooting attire. And so my grandparents bought me matching hat, jacket and briefs. And, and how are they going for you on your friends' days? Uh, badly. <laughs> Have they all still got creases in them in all the right places? They're, uh, they're well worn, I would say. But it, it also, is it an estate tweet? Because I think that changes the conversation a bit. The, the, cause, no, because we already said if it's a gamekeeper, that's cool, that's okay. But this isn't. This is just. It's definitely not gamekeeper's tweet, I'll be honest. Right, does anyone want to. Uh, are we going to have someone on the other side of the fence? Who is it who wears the newest kit in town? So, someone who's got all the new stuff all the time. There's got to be someone here. They're all hiding right now. It's not you, George, is Don't it? Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of tweed's quite nice, but uh, matching the whole time. Uh, you are making a statement, aren't you? You are making a statement. And I think if you're going to make a statement, it has to be a loud statement. If you're going to wear matching tweed, there's no point in wearing just something... Blending in, like blending a bit of green in. and... You yeah, know. muted. Yeah. So go like purple. You've got as many colours as possible. And none of this sort of like technical waterproof type tweedy stuff. No. Like that's why Edward King, friend of the podcast, who I genuinely think is one of the most stylish men in shooting, he does dress like a picnic blanket. There's no, no two ways, but he does look like Rupert the Bay. He's got a wonderful orange shooting suit with a blue check it's very smart but if you would it, but you've got to if you're going to make the statement you've got to make it at the top of your and, and if you're on the isle of mark in a horizontal wind with driving rain all the rest of it you don't want to be wearing that that's where this new stuff comes in and there's a place for it correct exactly right. yes so okay are we having a vote yeah let's have another vote full-blown matching tweed make some noise <laughs> <laughs> There was a singular clap. <laughs> the last defendant. What's your name and what gun do you shoot? I'm Gary and I shoot at the Brats MX-8. I don't know, you just don't wear a shirt that doesn't go with your chinos on a normal Saturday night out. So why wouldn't you wear matching tweed that goes with what you're wearing? How many sets have you got? Just the one. Okay, and it, so it's a regular all the time. No, no, I've also got the moleskin bricks that, to break it up. What colour is your matching tweed set? How, how loud is it? Very plain. Just like a, a beigey sort of tweed. Okay, so we've got a matching tweeder, but a blender inner. Oh, the father's here again. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to own up to you to something I've never told you before. <laughs> uh, 
And this, this is quite worrying. I had a matching tweed set for many years. Did you buy this laughing at me at the time? No, it was worse than that. <laughs> I remembered shortly after we started Guns on Pegs, I got very drunk in the Mosman Club. And I fell out of the Mosman Club and ended up in Ray Ward, which is almost opposite. And I was encouraged to buy a matching hat, waistcoat, jacket, long trousers, uh, breeks, and everything. And I have it at home, and I've never worn it. <laughs> but I have worn bits of it occasionally. And anyway, I would really like to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> do, do I say thank you? <laughs> I, I actually thought George was going to turn up in matching tweed tonight. <laughs> I'm genuinely offended that you think I might own matching tweed. I've just been given a gift by my dad. I don't know what to say to it, though. <laughs> I, I, I think thank you, but I'm not sure. <laughs> we need to do some shooting hero stuff, don't you? I think we've been rude enough normally we would ask people to nominate their own shooting heroes but because this is the 50th episode and because it's all about saying thank you to the people who've got us to this point we would like to ask two people to come and join us up here the first has just made his way towards the bar (laughs) (laughs) basically what we'd like to do is we'd like to say thank you to the two people who have I think, done the most to help promote the podcast, to help foster the sense of community that has arisen through the Order of the Garters. So, first of all, Blair, get up here. So, so George, uh, Blair, Blair's reason for, for getting up here, I think, is mega. T- tell us about what he's done. Right, so let's, let's give, give you the full story. Blair emailed in and he said that he'd been making the guys at his work his employees, so forcing them to listen to the Guns on Pegs podcast, we sent him some garters. He then created an Instagram account called The Order of the Garters. And, and for a really long time, we didn't know who it was who'd started it. We were trying to work out who the fuck this person was. <laughs> we thought, is somebody trying to steal our vibe? What's going on? Is the... <laughs> and eventually we worked it out. Um, and Blair has been one of the biggest supporters of the podcast uh, possibly the biggest i mean he has flown to london from aberdeen today to be here tonight and i think that in and of itself that that deserves a round of applause in and of itself so so Tonight, we're creating a new category of the member of the Order of the Garter, aren't we, George? Correct. Have we come up with a name for this category? We haven't. But I think <laughs> so we do need, we do need uh, listener suggestions of what the, the next level up. The next level up from the Order of the Garter. However, uh, as with the first level, uh, we, we had already come up with what you get. Uh, and we've got these garish garters, which the most noble member of the Order of the Garters get. Uh, George, what have you come up with for the new lot well so unfortunately we haven't got it here because we are as always enormously disorganized (laughs) but we have got you a flat cap that i can guarantee nobody on any shoot day you ever go on will be wearing (laughs) there's absolutely no question (laughs) that anybody else will be wearing this hat 
apart from me. <laughs> you, you saw it and you wanted one, didn't oh, you? So, I've never wanted anything so much in my life. So, Blair, honestly, massive thank you on behalf of George and I for everything you're doing with the... Well, I mean, he- helping us with, with, uh, with promotion of the pod. Uh, how are you going to feel about wearing this flat cap? Absolutely ecstatic. I'm bang up for wearing something a bit garish and a bit stupid. Would you like a jacket and breeks to match it? Potentially not. <laughs> when you see it, you won't. But, but... I actually would. <laughs> oh, I would. I would wear a full shooting suit of this particular tweet. Oh, I'll give you a little heads up before it arrives in the post. It looks like someone's been sick on a flat cap. <laughs> I'll wear it with a shuffle. 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 Anyway, honestly, on behalf of George and I, thank you so much uh, for everything you're doing, and it's so good to meet you. So the other person we need to say thank you to is another person who started an Instagram account and for even longer than the Order of the Garters Instagram account, we genuinely did not know who was behind it. We were going to take him to court at one point for trying to pass off on the, on, <laughs> on the name and <laughs> until we were like, what's this, what's this all about? What is going on? <laughs> it was a, genuinely, it was a topic of conversation in our weekly team meeting. And then he turned out to be a really nice guy and came along and we enjoyed all his company. (laughs) (laughs) And not creepy or weird at all. (laughs) Uh, This guy's handle is... Dogs on Pegs. And his actual name is Sheldon Uppycomb. Well done. Well done. done. Uh, So so your name's Sheldon. What what gun do you use? anything Anything that's in my hands. Usually... I got a little kind of uh, 12 ball that I just like to smash. Is it side by side or an over and under? Over and under, of course, a proper gun. Okay, good, 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 good. Well, look, Sheldon, honestly, uh, Dogs on Pegs is, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it was very weird for us for a number of months to work, to, 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 to wonder what on earth was going on. But no, you've been an um, absolute massive fan and, and we, we'd love uh, meeting you and then the rest of the boys at the shoot day last year, which, let's be honest, was one of the highlights of the season. Uh, and we just need to organise another one for this year, don't we? Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, th- these guys, and, you know, it's amazing how much fun we've had. We've got these guys on here, and it's, 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 it's a good crack. We need to correct, carry on with it. So I think we're getting towards the point where we should probably start moving towards the end. But I think we should probably... We, uh, Chris and I sit here and talk and pontificate. And we're not terribly well qualified to do so. But has anybody got any questions that they would like to ask us? Don't all shout at once. <laughs> Your name and your gun you shoot? Uh, Jake, I've got two. Fancy. <laughs> so, uh, Brett, a silver pigeon, over and under. The Botor. Yeah, the Botor. Yeah. But equally, I, they are fixed choke and they won't take steel. So, I've had to buy a cheaper gun just for steel. So, I've got an ATA Turkish. I was about to say cheaper than a silver pigeon. You've done well there. 500 quid it was like run into Simpsons and quickly grab a gun you know (laughs) anyway they don't break they don't break and they're bloody good Um, however I have got a couple of questions a couple of questions we'll do the first one I really need the loo (laughs) you you have to wait I know come on get on with it (laughs) gentlemen the first one okay and we're going to do this to, to both of you now what is the one common myth about the shooting industry 
that you want to debunk? That George is a better shot than me. Uh, is that a myth? It might, it might be true. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you got a myth that you want to debunk? I think there's this sort of assumption that people who shoot are poshos. Uh, the uh, representatives this evening haven't done our best <laughs> to uh, dispel this but myth. I don't, I don't think it's true. I think that shooting is an incredibly broad church. And yes, some of us are a little bit snobby about whether you use an over and under or a side by side. And I'm one of those people. But it doesn't matter. And shooting is, 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 as the podcast has actually proven, is an incredibly broad church. And that is the thing that I think for the wider public, I would like to somehow dispel. Over half a million shotgun licenses, uh, it has to be. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right. Uh, unfortunately, those that are against us will never, ever agree because it's a, it's a weapon to use against us. So, Correct. So, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I don't, I don't know how we get better at that. I mean, it, it's, it's especially tough these days, but uh, it's a fair point. Okay, what about you then? It's a horrible question. It's very deep and meaningful, this almost. I'm quite outspoken on my instant reaction to this. I think that from a myth point of view... People don't like it when I say this, but um, big bags are an internal issue. Shooting big bag days is something shooting people care about, not people outside of shooting. I, re I really feel strongly about this, actually, because when you actually analyze the opponents to shooting, you'll find that those that are against shooting don't care whether you're shooting 1, 20, 50, 100, whatever. They just don't like the concept of shooting. There are some that, you know... Uh, it's just as long as you can eat it, it's okay. But this is a very small minority when it comes to the actual sort of population, as it were. Big bags is something that people who go shooting care about a lot. Now, I care about the concept behind it, which is that conservation or making sure we can justify what we do. So does the game go into the food chain? That's important. The big bag actually doesn't matter if the game is going into the food chain and the shoot can justify its existence. It's anyway, I that for me is the the key to all of this it's net biodiversity it's conservation it's all the rest of it you just you just like shooting big bags <laughs> no honestly i i like every form of shooting but we get more correspondence on this issue but people get really angry about this don't they and 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 it's only shooting people that get really angry about this i think uh, something someone said to me once if you do this sort of m4 service station test if you if you if you put a pile of 20 dead pheasants in an M4 service station and you put a pile of 400 dead pheasants, which is worse. And the point is, the people that don't like this, uh, both of them are awful. And it's not one or other that's worse, providing they're getting eaten. And therefore, the big bag thing isn't actually a thing. It's, it's, it's looking at the bigger picture. Long answer to your question. Really long answer to your question. I really need the loo. Um, <laughs> what constitutes a big bag? The answer is 50 more than what you normally shoot. It, that, that, that is the, genuinely the answer and, and then you want to ask what people normally shoot most people shoot a bag of around 50 or 75 on a day so anything north of 100 by about 50% of the shooting population is a big bag but then if you talk to someone that shoots 300 bird days all the time that's fairly normal and so 100 is a small day and it's mad how people change their opinion based on what they, they're used to doing we find that most staggering when we're talking from a guns on pegs point of view about like what people do it's it's mad 
Yeah. So I think we've got time for one more question. Can we make it less, more lighthearted? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone got another question? Oh, you had three lined up, Jake. Has anyone got another question? There's a question over here. Uh, well, what's your, what, what's your name and what gun do you have? I don't have a gun. I was just wondering where you got your ping thing. <laughs> <laughs> the garters. You have to earn them by being on the podcast. You're very, this is very true. You're on the podcast right now. <laughs> she, she's, she's on the podcast right now. Come and get some garters. Do you think asking is a good way to get them? I like that. I, I'm always a big fan of don't ask, don't get. Nobody has tried it yet. So I think yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome. They're totally worthless. No, uh, there's nothing worse than about being here tonight. That's, that's Correct. the key, yeah. Um, so I think we should probably wrap up. Final segment of the pod. Right. For those of you that have listened to pod for a number of years, we do this thing at the end called Desert Island Shooting. We have a lot of people come on to like nostalgic days where basically it's one last day, money's no object, shooting's going to be banned tomorrow, what would you do? And they all do something boring, like going to shoot with their usual syndicate in the same place that they always do with all their best friends. <laughs> and we all go, yeah, it's great, what a lovely thing for you to say, but this <laughs> completely defeats the point. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> The drinks talking, George. The, the, the thing is, we, we love those moments. Like, the, it, that, that is what shooting's all about. We go out there, we, we, you know, just with the people that you always yeah, want to be but, with. But, but, but if you could do whatever you wanted. And my favorite Desert Island shooting, I think, looking back, was Richard Crofts when he took over Balmoral and the Queen was there picking up for him. By invitation. <laughs> so, what we're going to quickly do, going to go around, play a quick game, and try and create our own Desert Island shooting, okay? So, I'm going to come to a few of you. I want to know. So, we're going to start with first person needs to do a location. Location. Second person needs to do a quarry. No, but hold on. We can do another location because we, we, we can do a chopper between can one Can we or make two. it quick because I really need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, we're going to do five locations and then we're going to do... What? <laughs> <laughs> Someone start us off. We're going to go desert island shooting. Shooting's being banned tomorrow. Right. We're going to start... Where, uh, where, where are we going to kick off this massive episode of The Last Big Bang. We're going to muck first, because I really want to go. Oh, what a good answer. Right, so to get to... Okay, we're currently in London, so to get to muck, you've got to hope no fog, and you definitely need a helicopter. Because we're not wa good. We're not waiting on the old sheer water from RSA. Correct. Okay, so we're starting in muck. We'll, we'll kick it off. We've arrived there at 8 a.m., not 9 uh, what are we doing when we get to Muck? You can make some stuff up. Let's go from Muck to... No, no. no, when we get to Muck, what do you want to go out for? We're going to go from Muck to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to Muck? Walked up Snipe. Walked up Snipe. And you'll get one in that day. Maybe get one. Yeah, yeah. I think you need a side-by-side -side for shooting Snipe because they're so fucking quick. You need the fast handling gun. If you shoot... And over and under, you'll maybe get a snipe. If you shoot a sniper side, you won't. Bollocks. Okay, right. So, uh, <laughs> I've shot a left and right sniper, Muck. With an over and under? With a cyber side. Get on with it. <laughs> right, so, so we're doing a full day on Muck, George, but we're not. We're going to cut it short at lunchtime. We're on Muck. Where else can we get on Muck? Go for something. This is your, your last day. What, if you were on Muck, what would you want to be getting on Muck? Um, wildfowl, obviously. Any particular? Whatever comes just, over. Just get stuck in. 
<laughs> this is your last day shooting. I like this. Okay, right. So, so we've got to lunchtime. We're having lunch on Muck. So we've done walked up snipe on Muck. I think we need a helicopter. Yeah, we do need well, maybe more than a helicopter. Where, where are we going next? We've got to start ourselves getting the uh, salmon. And then we need to move from there to start getting into the, uh, the stag and the grouse. So you're going to get a salmon. Yeah. Right, so let's assume we've got this salmon at lunch. How about a bit of belly dancing? <laughs> we've not done belly dancing on the bob before. Can you please? I genuinely, I've stopped caring. I need the loo so bad. I'm going to hand over. I, I need the loo so bad, I'm handing over to these two idiots. <laughs> Blair and Jake have taken over. George has had to go to the toilet. Just, just have a seat. Have a seat. We'll carry this on. Right, okay. So uh, we're, we're up in muck. We've, done, we've, done, we've, we've, we've caught a salmon. We're then going to shoot a grouse. Going to shoot a grouse. Yeah, we're going to do some belly dancing. Yeah, we, we, we've chopped in some belly dancing. So what time are we at now, Jake? We're about two o'clock. Okay, fine. So what are we going to do next? James. Father, quick. What are you going to do? Where are you going? Uh, Anywhere in the world. Think. Please, South Africa, shooting rock pigeon. This is easy. We can get there by three, can't we? Yeah, we can get there by three. Right, so we're going to South Africa. We're shooting rock pigeon. What's your name? What, what gun have you got? Alex, and I shoot with a Browning's over and under. Is that any good on rock pigeon? Never done it. Well, this is, this is your lucky day. Yeah, but we're jumping back from rock pigeon to Yorkshire to go flight Woodcock. So we're jumping a few hours ahead. But You can do this because you're, you're in South Africa at 2 p.m. and you can easily get to flight Woodcock in Yorkshire by the evening. The new Concorde will get you back in time. So, uh, so we, we've, we've pretty much covered a day. Are we going anywhere in the evening, boys? I think you would need, you would need to head somewhere for a flight of duck in the evening. Where are you going? Probably head back to the west coast of Scotland. Yeah. Um, head for a maybe a goose flight or a duck flight. Pure wild, out in the foreshore, in the mud, getting down and dirty. It's going to be one of those flights that goes really well, isn't it? Well, it's going to go either well or terrible. <laughs> Normally terrible. Fine. You've got to end on an evening on uh, thermal and foxes, though. Surely. You've you've snuck in some opportunity here. I like this. <laughs> This is exactly what you do after a flight. Okay, so so you're going out. What what equipment are you taking with you? Oh, many things that those people take with them. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going dogging here. <laughs> so so you're, you're shooting a couple of foxes. You're ending the evening, and then and then after that, where are you going? The, the dump post in for a. Uh, it's a beer at the end of the night. That's the big thing, isn't it? Yeah. So where's the dump post in? It's near Chippenham in Wiltshire. Particularly good pub. Very good for vodka Red Bulls when you're really going for it. <laughs> <laughs> We're ending a group desert island shooting in the Dumb Post Inn in Wiltshire. <laughs> uh, boys, have you got anything, any additions or any adjustments you've made to this trip? Oh, we're just having the one day. No. Where are we going? I think the following day we'd have to head to Whitfield Extreme. You want to shoot a big day at Whitfield? You'd have to have a Whitfield Extreme just to make you feel humble. A full day at Whitfield? Probably two drives would be enough to make you feel humiliated. And then you're going to move on somewhere else? Probably Wales, to have your ass kicked a bit more. So, you, so you're going to get a helicopter, then you're going into Wales. Have you got anywhere in particular you want to go to? We can go wherever, but Chris, has anyone ever asked you where you would go? On your desert island? So... There's, yeah, you, you just mentioned Wales. I mean, if we're going into Wales, I'd go to Vayner, uh, somewhere like that. Super smart, really like lovely parkland shoot. Just, just really pretty. I'd go, I'd go for a mate's day on a rough walkabout where you don't really know what you're going to get. And you actually could not care less. 
I'm getting on at George. I'm doing exactly what I said we shouldn't do. What have I missed? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is you're rounding off Desert Island shooting exactly as it was supposed to be, which is let's get ridiculous. But then actually when you sit there and you remind yourself what you really want, it's actually probably something you've already done. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm going to high fan with Pip. We're going to do iguana wrestling and the green man in... Uh, until like 2 a.m. Then we're going to get up at 6 when I really don't want to get up. And we're going to go and do some duck flighting. And we're going to miss everything. We're going to use the Rizzini, uh to oar our way out to the row, island. Row, the row. <laughs> row is the word. Yeah, but it's one oar, so you don't oar. I don't have there a pair no, of Rizzinis no, to row. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me the question. That's my answer. George, we've just had a ridiculous desert island shooting. You missed some of it because you went for a wee, but... It, the, the question was, if you could do one, where, what would it be? It's not ridiculous, but I, I've made no secret of it. I love partridge shooting, and I would like to go and shoot some partridges in Spain. Um, and I think it's one that I would get away with because my wife lived in Spain for about six years, and she would quite enjoy the opportunity to go and hang out in Spain for a bit. And I speak Spanish up to a point. And I think that would be a really nice thing to go and do. No particular romantic reason other than I love shooting partridges. Very good. It's nice to think about on a cold night in November. But if you want to go fancy, I would then fly to Russia to do some salmon fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're going to Russia, are you? No one's going there this year. It's apparently off form. Well, yeah, it's not not really the done thing right now, but... (laughs) Norway just doesn't cut it, so. <laughs> and I want to go there in a, an ancient Soviet helicopter that may or may not explode halfway there. <laughs> I think you need a bit of adventure. Very good. Well, look, that is the lovely way to end it. And actually, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for asking us what we do, because I really enjoyed thinking Nobody about ever that. asked us what we think. <laughs> because nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, absolutely mega. Love this. Thank you very much, it all of you, for coming. Been Great. <laughs> right. Sh- Shut up now. I need to do the outro. Before we go, as usual, there is one final reminder that you can get your hands on a pair of the extremely exclusive Guns on Pegs podcast shooting sock garters by sending us your shooting dilemmas for us to resolve or by sending us your unpopular opinions or nominating a shooting hero or just by getting in touch to let us know where you've been listening. Drop us an email to pod at gunsonpegs.com and if we read it out in the next episode or any future episode, we will at some point in the dim and distant future send you some garters. We are having a brief break before starting series six, but we are always looking to evolve and change and improve. So if you have got any ideas for additions or changes or new features for the podcast, do get in touch. Pod at gunsonpegs.com. It is you guys, the listeners, the correspondents who make it what it is. So thank you. Send us your ideas. Until then, thanks very much for listening. And goodbye. That's my fucking line.
By the way, that whiskey is seriously good. 